I know you've heard the term, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Well, that couldn't be any more true than it is for the case of antenatal corticosteroids. Of course, corticosteroids do fantastic job for babies that are born preterm. But what about those babies that are exposed to antepartum corticosteroids, but then go on to deliver at term? Now, thankfully, they beat preterm labor, but if they're exposed to steroids and then deliver at 37 weeks or later, do they have issues? Well, there's a growing body of data that may surprise you. Now, I know we've covered similar topics in previous podcasts, specifically about giving steroids in the late prenatal period. That's after 34 weeks, but before 37 weeks, because those babies who end up delivering that term have shown altered neurodevelopmental profiles. So in this session, we're going to review an article that's not even out yet. It's an accepted proof out of the American Journal of OBGYN. And what we're going to discuss is the outcome of those babies that were exposed to antenatal corticosteroids, but then went on to deliver at term. And this is why we got to stay on top of the data and probably hold ourselves back from just administering steroids to everybody because they may actually be harmful. Remember, no good deed goes unpunished. Let's get to that new article published ahead of print now. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practices because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. A course of antenatal corticosteroids like betamethasone is typically administered to pregnant women between 24 and 36 weeks and 6 days, although it can be given as early as 23 weeks. Of course, this is for women that are at risk of delivery within 7 days. Antenatal corticosteroids accelerate fetal lung development, subsequently leading to decreased rates of respiratory distress syndrome, respiratory support needed, and intensive care admissions, as well as offering decreased incidence of complications common to preterm neonates. This can include intraventricular hemorrhage, necrotizing enterocolitis, and neonatal death. Now, predicting which women presenting with threatened preterm labor will actually deliver before term is still inexact, and it's due to a lot of inaccuracies in our current algorithms. Many women diagnosed with threatened preterm labor are given antenatal corticosteroids, but they don't deliver until they reach term. So the old question was, well, what can it hurt, right? Well, it's unclear if exposure to antenatal corticosteroids for these term infants is beneficial or actually harmful. Now, there are some data that demonstrates potential worsening lung function in infants exposed to antenatal corticosteroids who are then born at term. So, it's imperative to give antenatal corticosteroids to women in threatened preterm labor who will actually give birth prematurely, but we should actually refrain from giving it just willy-nilly for everyone if we're not sure or not really convinced that they really will deliver preterm. Remember, in a previous podcast, we covered that there is some data, especially for those neonates who had steroids in the late preterm interval and then went on to deliver at term. There actually is some data that they have some altered neurodevelopmental outcomes. So in this podcast, once again, we're reviewing a 
published ahead of print publication out of the Gray Journal, which is the American Journal of OBGYN, that sought to evaluate this whole issue. The objective of the study was to compare the short-term outcomes of infants born at term to women who had received betamethasone injections for threatened preterm labor and compare those to infants who were not exposed to betamethasone in utero but whose mothers also were evaluated for threatened preterm labor. Now, this is not a prospective study or an RCT. This was a retrospective cohort study. The cohort consisted of babies born in Indianapolis, Indiana, in Indiana University Hospital and Eskenazi Hospital from 2012 to 2019 at or after 37 weeks gestation to mothers who had been evaluated for and diagnosed with threatened preterm labor at some point during their gestation. The primary neonatal outcome of interest were TTN, NICU admission, and small for gestational age. All right, let's get into the results now. Of the over 5,000 women identified in the cohort, 27.4% received betamethasone. The majority of the population, though, now here's a clinical pearl, were not Hispanic or Latino. So remember, that's not a very diverse population. Now, women that did not receive betamethasone were evaluated for threatened preterm labor at a mean gestational age of about 33 weeks, while women in the betamethasone group were evaluated at a slightly lower mean gestational age of about 32 weeks. Women receiving betamethasone had higher rates of maternal comorbidities like diabetes, asthma, and hypertensive disorders. Now, maternal smoking status was extracted to use as a covariable, but because it was missing in about 49% of women, it was not included in the analysis. The infants that were born at term who had been exposed to betamethasone had higher rates of NICU admissions and had higher prevalence of being small for gestational age. Based on the 10th percentile weight threshold used, 19.6% of infants in the betamethasone group were considered SGA, while only 12.2% in the non-exposed group were considered SGA. That was statistically significant. Now, after controlling for maternal age, race, insurance, maternal conditions like diabetes, asthma, and hypertensive disorders, and after considering the EGA delivery, there was no significant difference in the prevalence of TTN between the two different groups. But there was also some surprising findings. Betamethasone-exposed infants also had higher rates of hyperbilirubinemia and hypoglycemia, where all p-values were less than 0.05, meaning statistically and clinically significant. Exposure groups did not significantly differ on intubation or meconium aspiration syndromes. All right, so what does this mean? What are we supposed to do with this? I mean, not give steroids? No, 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 that's exactly not the purpose of this podcast and this study. Steroids, again, are completely indicated when the threat of preterm labor is real. However, the results of this study and actually others do demonstrate that preterm antenatal exposure to betamethasone for term-born neonates can be associated with some increased odds of NICU admissions and SGA and of these other things like hyperbilirubinemia and hypoglycemia. Now, the point is that there are some potential adverse impacts of the current practice trend of just giving antenatal corticosteroids to anybody who has a slight chance of delivering early. So remember, while steroids do have a role, if she's only about one centimeter with having some very irregular contractions or just uterine irritability, and she does not have a history of preterm labor, 
perhaps it's more prudent to withhold steroid administration until we're sure that that child has a great chance of delivering preterm. As so many women evaluated for threatened preterm labor will not deliver until term, the ability to prudently initiate these interventions becomes important. In one study of over 760 women who had unscheduled triage visits for symptoms of preterm labor, only 18% gave birth before 37 weeks, and only 3% gave birth within two weeks of presenting with symptoms. Now, please don't misunderstand that. This doesn't mean that not to take these women seriously. That's not what I'm saying at all. We're just saying, based on the results of this study, perhaps it's more prudent to hold back on some of these interventions until we're sure of the diagnosis. Given the known benefits of betamethasone for preterm infants and the difficulty in predicting which women will actually deliver preterm, it's common for a lot of providers, including myself, to give steroids in an effort to not miss the opportunity to give them before delivery and to try and get the maximal time benefit. However, as this article states, and others have stated as well, there may be an issue when those babies go on to deliver at term because of this imprinting or this programming of this steroid exposure and then going on to deliver at term. I told you, medicine keeps changing, it keeps evolving, and I think that's great. Look, I'm a big fan of steroids. Steroids do an incredible job when babies are born premature. But there is growing body of data that say that, look, when you give steroids and then those children go on to deliver at term, there's a certain imprinting or programming that occurs that can actually have some adverse outcomes. So the message is not to avoid steroids, but to give them more prudently when there really is a true risk of preterm labor and preterm birth. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls.